Hi, this is Suparna Goswami, Associate Editor with Information Security Media Group. I have with me today Louis Rosignolo, who is Managing Director of Investigations at Altamonte Advisory Group, a group helping companies to investigate fraud cases. We will be talking about one of the most prevalent fraud trends nowadays, that is Medicare fraud. Louis, it is a pleasure to have you today. Well, Suparna, thank you very much uh, for having me. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Louis, just to give a background, please tell our audience a bit about yourself and the kind of fraud trends you track. Uh, sure. I have about uh, 30 years of fraud experience. Uh, the bulk of my career has been working for federal inspector generals. Um, I started my professional career as an auditor, conducting compliance reviews at some of America's uh, largest corporations. I then transitioned to become a special agent working for the inspector general. I worked my way up the ranks, and then I became the director of investigation for an inspector general. In that role, I was responsible for an investigative group that was responsible for combating fraud in a government program nationwide. Then about a year ago, I started Altamonte Advisory Group, and the advisory group helps companies identify and mitigate fraud, either proactively or reactively. Fantastic. So it's a fantastic background that they have. So clearly you have been a thought leader in this space for a long, long time. Typically, what sort of fraud are you seeing in the Medicare space? Yeah, so some typical fraud schemes uh, that have been going on for years are upcoding. And upcoding is when a medical provider is providing, uh, is billing Medicare for a procedure code that is much more expensive than the actual service being performed or billing for a procedure that actually wasn't performed at all. Another scheme that uh, is conducted in the Medicare uh, space is illegal kickbacks. That's where a Medicare recipient will work with a fraudulent medical provider by allowing the provider to bill for services that are not rendered, and then the provider will give the claimant a kickback for not reporting the fraud, or where a provider will pay for referrals in the med- to other Medicare providers. Another uh, form of Medicare fraud is identity theft. The fraudsters uh, try very difficult try to obtain a Medicare beneficiaries' claim number so that they could process false claims against the Medicare program through fraudulent providers. So interesting, you mentioned about identity fraud. You mentioned other kind of fraud trends in the Medicare space. So approximately how much fraud was identified in the Medicare program last year? And uh, what I would like to ask you is, what has changed this year because of the pandemic? Have you seen any kind of change in the way the fraud has been, uh, the fraudsters are uh, conducting the fraud? Sure. So Health and Human Services Inspector General is the lead law enforcement agency that's responsible for conducting the Medicare fraud investigations. They work closely with the FBI and other inspector generals across the United States to combat this fraud. During a typical year, like for example, in 2019, I believe Medicare paid out approximately $750 billion in Medicare claims. And the Health and Human Services Inspector General, FBI and other IGs, their investigative results had approximately $6 billion in criminal and civil recoveries or restitution orders in 2019. In addition, there were hundreds and hundreds of people that got arrested and convicted and were sent to prison. And there were also approximately 3,500 people that were excluded from the Medicare program. 
And one of the things that I see happening this year because of the pandemic would be that I would believe that there would be a lot of, since the government's giving out hundreds of billions of dollars due to the COVID-19 pandemic, there would be a lot of telemarketing fraud where they would be contacting older people on the phone to obtain their Medicare number and their uh, names and dates of birth, and they would be filing false Medicare claims, and they would also be conducting, uh, they would be trying to attempt identity theft against the elderly people that are involved in the Medicare program. There's already been a number of investigations that have been initiated already since the COVID matter started in that uh, space. Sure. So now can you give us a couple of examples of individuals that were you know, convicted of Medicare fraud and what exactly did they did the entire modus operandi? Yeah. I've been I've been monitoring the cases because uh, it's a it's very it's, it's unbelievable that what people will do to uh, collect money from the Medicare program. For example, uh, the, just this last fiscal year, the OIGs helped shut down a vast fraud scheme involving telemedicine. It was known as Operation Brace Yourself. Uh, this information this investigation basically took down a healthcare fraud scheme where medical professionals were working with fraudulent telemarketing companies. And they received illegal kickbacks and bribes from the medical equipment companies. In exchange, what would happen is the medical equipment companies obtained prescriptions for medically unnecessary braces, and they then billed Medicare for those braces. That investigation resulted in approximately 20 people getting arrested in 17 different districts in the United States. And then another case that I just recently read about was that a medical doctor was basically convicted for illegally prescribing and distributing large quantities of opioids. The medical provider in this matter is convicted on hundreds of counts of drug distributions, including a distribution that resulted in death. These types of cases in the Medicare program are commonly referred to as pill mills. In this case, patients traveled hundreds of miles and paid cash to receive these opioid prescriptions at the doctor's offices. The prescriptions written by this provider caused Medicare to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars in claims that were not supposed to be paid, and the provider was ultimately sentenced to 40 years in prison. Another type of case that I saw recently was a, a pharmaceutical company that had agreed to pay $12 million after they were caught in this scheme. And then they had to enter into an, a corporate integrity agreement with the inspector general violating to make sure that they don't violate the anti-kickback statute. This company, the pharmaceutical company, entered into a settlement to resolve the allegations that they paid the co-payments for the Medicare beneficiaries to make certain that those beneficiaries would purchase certain drugs that the pharmaceutical company wanted them to purchase and bill Medicare for those. Amazing. So, Louis, what I, has always intrigued me is how can you tackle this when the doctor himself or herself is involved in the fraud? Well, the, it requires analyzing records. And when you analyze the records, you see patterns or you might run an algorithm against the doctor's billing practices and that might identify him as an outlier. But ultimately what happens is as we, as when I we used to do this investigation live, what happens is you, you would investigate patients, you would investigate staff members of the office, you would interview the, the doctor himself and you, it, there could even be undercover operations that could be conducted to identify what's going on at the doctor's office. And basically you would build up enough evidence to either charge the doctor's office. If, if there was a, a crime that was alleged to have been committed, you charge him either criminally or civilly or 
administratively collect the money back. So essentially you're saying that hospitals, they need to have that fraud program in place, right? Because how is it done? Yes. Well, what happens is some of the technologies that we leverage to identify Medicare fraud and are currently being done today, even after I left the government, some of the, the things that they do is algorithms and they, they have whistleblower complaints, or there actually might be manual review of claims to identify the fraud. So many of the good cases, the fraud cases that are uh, identified and investigated come from, uh, they're called UPICs or Unified Program Integrity Contractors. They're the contractors that help the government identify the fraudulent providers in the Medicare and Medicaid space. The Medicare billing data is run through sophisticated algorithms to identify the fraudulent schemes and the outliers. As I mentioned, whistleblowers are another great tool for the government to identify fraud because a whistleblower typically are employees of the fraudulent provider or the fraudster. So they know how the fraud is being committed because they might be part of the processing of the fraudulent claim. Based on this information, since they work inside the business or with the fraudster, they're able to file complaints either through a hotline or through filing a formal complaint in district court under the Federal False Claims Act. When I was working for the federal government, I was responsible for reviewing these whistleblower cases throughout the United States. And if a fraud referred by a whistleblower successfully prosecuted by the Department of Justice, the whistleblower could be entitled to significant rewards. Sometimes the reward could amount to millions or tens of millions of dollars. Another good way for agents to identify good fraud cases is just by calling claims and, and medical files manually. When I work for the government in my current Altamonte Advisory Group, I'm a strong believer that the old approach of reviewing claims manually and going through data is a great way to identify fraud schemes that would be missed by some algorithms. Some of the best fraud cases I ever worked were identified by reviewing claims manually as the starting point for the investigation. Great, so of course manually, you said, you know, that's the best way forward. But given current situation, maybe for many companies, it is for big, large hospitals, maybe that's not a very practical thing. Are there any tools or technologies that has been developed? No, the algorithms are definitely uh, catching the bulk of these frauds because uh, what happens is uh, the data that comes in is in the billions of dollars, billions of lines of data, and they have created uh, sophisticated algorithms to identify the frauds. They're, they're pretty strong, and uh, they identify billions of dollars of overpayments in the Medicare program. So that is the best way to do it. My final question to you is, as a thought leader in this space who has been investigating a lot of these cases for a long, long time now, what would be your recommendation to medical uh, hospitals or pharma companies to avoid getting into trouble with the federal government? Yeah, the first thing I would recommend is to make sure that their business trains their employees routinely on the rules of the Medicare program and train them what fraud actually is. They should make sure to train these employees if they suspect something wrong with the billing or the paperwork being filed in the federal Medicare program or it's misleading, they need to report it to their superiors immediately so that they can mitigate it. Companies need to have these robust processes in place for employees to report fraud and misrepresentation. And also if an employee, if the employer should allow the employees to report this anonymously if they want to report it anonymously. Having a process like that in place could actually save a medical company or a provider from getting into significant legal trouble with the federal government. 
I also believe that providers should also routinely run tests on their own data and billing to see if there's anything that looks suspicious or fraudulent so they can stop it before it gets out of hand. It's been my experience that it's a good practice for those types of companies to hire outside companies that specialize in identification of Medicare fraud and that the review team is independent from their internal reviewers that normally review this kind of information. Many companies uh, in the past that I investigated uh, that were submitting false and misleading information to the federal government, they just kept doing it because the government didn't say anything when the claims were first filed and ultimately paid by the government. But one thing that companies need to know is that the federal government has like five years to investigate a claim submitted for payment. So just because a company got away with one claim or a hundred claims or a thousand claims or a hundred thousand claims, they shouldn't think that they got away with it. The government's going to catch up with those people. And by then it could be too late. So the fraud scheme could land up being millions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars. Then the company will face criminal and civil charges executives and owners might land up in prison or they might have to, and they may have to repay the government significant amount of monies in the millions of dollars. I I really believe strongly that the companies, if they train their employees and the employees report the fraud internally, it would save them a lot of headaches from the government having to investigate them and possibly going to prison for something that they could have stopped at the front end. You know, what I want to ask is given that the medical Care claims are huge, huge in number. How much is the government proactively looking at all these cases and looking for okay cases or looking for those red flags? Are they proactively? Is it practical for them to yes. look for that? Yes, they're they are continuously uh, monitoring data. In fact, they even move to some live time uh, as the claims are coming in. They're they're reviewing the claims live and they're trying to avoid the money from going out in the first place. Because for the in in the past, what what and it's still happening, but in the past, a lot of them were they would pay the claim and then they would bet the claim. They would review it after the fact, do a deep review of it after the fact. But now there's a lot of companies in this space that are have the ability to review the claims lifetime, similar to like the credit card companies when you make a purchase, and if it doesn't fit within your normal purchasing habits, the credit card company will either terminate the card or call up you and say. Are you in New York City because you're being charged, your credit card being used in New York City? So they put these like tests in place similar to the credit card companies now with the Medicare claims. And they're, 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 they are able to stop more of the fraud from happening up front. Sure, Louis. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you taking time out for this uh, fascinating discussion on Medicare fraud. Yes, thank you very much. And I, I hope that I helped you and your listeners. And Sure, thank you so much. You were listening to Thank you. Thank you. You were listening to Louis Rosignolo for ISMG. This is Supernagoswami. Thank you for listening.